Hey, welcome to the Straight Sports Podcast. We're your hosts, Tushar and Joshua. In this podcast, we will give our opinions on our favorite sports, which are basketball, soccer, and wrestling. So, let's dive into the topic. Topic one. The Los Angeles Lakers have been eliminated from playoff contention with Stunned. a 110 to 121 loss to the Phoenix Suns and with the San Antonio Spurs beating the Denver Nuggets 116 to 97. So you called initially, it, like, what's your reaction to this just generally? Um, I'm stunned. I mean, the Los Angeles Lakers, a team led by LeBron James, Anthony Davis, not even in the playoffs. Forget about like them even not making the playoffs, but they didn't even get in the top 10. That's I think that's a shameful thing. I mean, at the end of the day, um, it is very sad. Like, I don't know what happened. This team was just not good, but the talent, you know, on paper was there, you know, and and, and they underachieved tremendously. They didn't even make the playoffs. I don't know what's going to happen this offseason, but something's got to change because this is very bad. I think a lot of people are getting tired about talking about this team. Um, yeah. I am. Because <laughs> there's a lot of drama. But I just wanted to – LeBron James put a tweet out. Yeah. Um, I believe this was in August, if I'm correct, right? Or some, okay. sometime before the season started. Okay, I'm going to analyze this whole quote. So I'm going to okay. go each point by point. So he says, keep talking about my squad, our personal ages. Okay, so that's a thing about <laughs> everybody, you know, Dwight Howard, Melo, everybody, you know, this was an old home. roster. Um, The way he plays, that's right at Russell Westbrook, right? Okay, yeah. we've seen how good that was. Um, he stays injured. That was <laughs> that was Anthony Davis, right? Yo, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, we're past our time in, in this league, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> that's basically, again, about the team. Do me one favor, please. And, I mean, please keep the same narrative, energy when it begins. That's all I ask. So you're literally looking at this quote. <laughs> Everything that LeBron James said in this quote was actually <laughs> correct about this team. That's the crazy, way he right? plays Russell Westbrook was a tremendously bad fit. He's not a bad player, right? But just yeah, the just fit a was fit, bad. A very, very bad fit because there was no shooting, no spacing. Um, talking about he stayed injured. I mean, that's Anthony Davis. And he got injured twice. He missed a lot of time this season. You know, and then about the age thing that he talked about, like that, like we're past our time in this league. Like just all this, this whole quote basically said like, you know, about the age, them being older, you know, than a usual team. And basically, LeBron James, in a sense, told us the future because that's exactly what yeah. the media says. And mm -hmm. everything he said was predicted correctly. But even the media, people had them as the favorites or like there yeah. were some questions about the rest, but a lot of people still thought they would be in the playoffs. Like nobody thought they would not make the play in, that they'd be out the playoff contention. Because I remember Tony yeah. told me like, uh, he was like, yo, the Lakers are not going to be that good. They're going to be like a second round elimination. And I was like, oh, come on. They're, they're definitely getting making a deep run. I thought that. So he was right about that, that the Lakers weren't going to be that good. But again, nobody saw this coming where they're literally yeah. the 11th seat. And the San Antonio Spurs, shout out to Joshua. You called it. I did not yep. really believe this. So I got to apologize to you. San Antonio Spurs deserved that spot. They they caught fire at the end and they made it. The Pelicans without Zion Williamson, that CJ McCollum trade was huge, by the way. And that's why they're in the play. Yeah. And they deserve it. That CJ McCollum trade was huge. I'm going to repeat that again. It was just huge. That trade helped them make it. And then the Clippers, Kawhi and PG, you know, I mean, Kawhi. Missed the whole season. He's, I don't think he's coming back this season. I think he's going to come back next season. Paul George missed three months. Excited that he came back. But Tyloo kept them, you know, playing good basketball. And they made the play-in. So yeah. it's, just, it's just stunned that they didn't make it. But it is what it is. Yeah. Honestly, I agree. Embarrassing. The talent on this roster, I'll say it again. Three players from the top 75. All-time list. 
you could argue that the White Howard should yeah, be on this list. True, too. you can. And it's just it's just embarrassing. Like it's actually embarrassing. The way this roster put together, honestly, I mean, it, it's it's horrible. Like like it's actually horrible. And honestly, I don't feel bad for none of the players because it's a situation that not you put yourself in, but LeBron. We know you had some say in the players on the team, so you essentially He's the GM. almost he had a lot the team. of say in that. The GM, sure. as I like to say, and you pick Anthony Davis, injury prone. It did work out. You did get your championship. Yeah. That's the thing. They did win a championship. People are going to say it's a bubble, but at the end of the day, everybody had the same opportunity to go into the True. bubble. I think it, it was an unfortunate situation. If there was no COVID, we, we don't know how the season would play out, but they did win a championship and you can't blame yep. them. And my Clippers, let's not even talk about them <laughs> in, the, in the bubble, what they did. Yeah. Then you pick Westbrook, fail. Hmm. I mean, you, you could have had DeRozan. You could have had Buddy Hill. Yeah, and you let go, and you, and you probably would you could have kept your defensive pieces yeah. like you know Alex Caruso, KCP to get Westbrook. Alex I mean. Caruso wanted to come back, but it was yeah. the Lakers who were like he was willing to take even less money. But Chicago, you know, they I don't think they were willing to give close to what he was expecting, and he, yeah. he decided to leave. And I understand Chicago struggling, but defensively, he's a huge part of their team. And we saw his, when he got hurt, and then he came back. So, um, yeah, this yeah. is just upsetting. But yeah, that quote I analyze. Of course, I'm a huge. I mean, who doesn't like LeBron James as a basketball player? He's a great player. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that quote, just analyzing, was just like stunned. Like he told us everything in the Pretty quote. much. <laughs> yeah. And just continuing on what I was saying about them giving away the defense, Melo can't guard anyone. Jalen Green called him out. So who do you think is to blame for this? Well, definitely not Frank Vogel. I'm going to have to say LeBron James. And the front office, because LeBron James, again, you yeah. know, he had a chance to get Buddy Hill. Rob Palinka had that deal done. He said, no, get me Russ. And, of course, you know, Rob listened to him because who wouldn't listen to LeBron? He won a championship there. And uh, they took Russ, and we saw the experiment, how that went. Um, as I know this is a strong statement, but uh, I think this is the worst trade in Laker history. Mm. Obviously, Russ is a great player. Just when it came to the fit, was tremendously bad. And, obviously, he didn't have one of his best seasons as well. The things that he usually does, you know, get to the basket and make layups, he was missing those bunnies, too. So. So, yeah, I would blame them because, you know, again, they had an opportunity to get even DeMar DeRozan. If you maybe get those kind of pieces like DeMar or, or Buddy Heald, then you were able to potentially keep Alex Caruso KCP because they gave up a lot for Russ. They yeah. gave Alex Caruso, I think it was KCP, Montrezl Harold, and I think a pick. So they could have been in the playoffs. Who knows? They could have been competing in April, May, like by just making a different trade. But when you're a star player, I think you have to get most of the blame. And LeBron James has a lot of say when it comes to the talent he has, and, and the GM failed this time. Facts. Honestly, I agree. Like, I don't think the blame falls on one person in particular. I think it pretty much is split between the front office and LeBron James. You being arguably the greatest player to ever play the game, I mean, yes, you did play amazing. Almost arguably could have had the scoring title this year. The pickup with Westbrook, not the best. Giving up your defense. For Westbrook, like I said, not the best. And the fit wasn't even good. People were calling it since the trade was made that it's not going to work. Like, And I think this is where I have to put something on the front office. You have to put your foot down. You guys know the players. You know how they play. You study this. I don't know how it goes behind the scenes, but I'm pretty sure you guys go in-depth on the player analysis. You know it wasn't going to work. I mean, I'm not saying they knew that, but like you, you guys had the hunch because you guys weren't even initially looking for this deal to be made. Then LeBron says he wants him. Then you go bend to get what LeBron wants. Yes, you have to keep your stars happy, but you have to do ultimately what's the, in the best interest of the team. And I don't think that's what they did here. I think they folded to LeBron, and they're paying for it now. And who knows 
what's next because honestly I don't know. Does this take a hit on LeBron's legacy? Was joining the Lakers a mistake? You know, I don't really think it's going to take a huge hit on his legacy because yeah. at the end of the day, he's playing, this is what, his 19th season, if I'm correct? I think so. Um, so, like, he's playing at this level and he was averaging, what, 30 this season. So, it, you can't really say it's going to take a huge hit. I would say it takes a minor hit because at the end of the day, he's LeBron James and we expect so much of him because he's such a great player. He's one of the greatest players to ever do it. You know, some people think he's number one, you know, as comes to the GOAT. Some people think he's two. He's on that top tier, like, you know, the Mount Rushmore of the greatest basketball players ever. So, yeah, I do think it should t- I think it should take a little hit because at the end of the day, I still think they should have been in the playoffs. Like, at least, like, they should have made it. And and they didn't. And and that, anytime, you know, when a team underperforms, the, the star will get most of the blame, and that's going to be on LeBron James. So I do think he should t- take a little hit, but it's not going to really affect it that much. Because I think about him joining the West in, like, four years. Since he joined the Lakers, he's he's had a lot of injury concerns. His first year hurt, you know, they didn't make the playoffs. Second year yeah. championship, third year, eighty, LeBron hurt. They got the seventh seed. They did make the playoffs. I lost the to Phoenix. Round, yeah. yeah. They got exit in the first round. And then the fourth year, no playoffs. So two years of no playoffs. Then you have one year just of a, a first round exit. Just one year of good success yeah. right now since he joined. It does take a hit a little bit because he's LeBron James. So you gotta analyze each season and any great player. But joining the Lakers a mistake. Uh, I'm going to have to say no because he still got the chip. Yeah. Now, if he won no titles, then I would have definitely said yes. But I'm going to have yeah. to say no because he did win the championship. But do I think there would probably be better opportunities where um, he probably wouldn't miss the playoffs at all? Definitely. I mean, maybe if he joined at that time Houston and teamed up with Chris Paul and James Harden. Yeah. You know, I think the fit would have been a lot better because we know Chris Paul and James Harden are playmakers. Um, and they have elite shooting all around and great defense. So yeah. I've teamed like that. Or maybe if you join Philly with Embiid and then at that time, Ben Simmons was on the team. Who knows? Like, there definitely were better situations where I think he could have won multiple championships. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it should take a hit. I mean, probably not a big hit because, like I said before, he played well statistically. So and he, and he tried to do his best, you know, carry the team offensively as he, as he does. The only time they won is when he dropped 50, over yeah. 50. And I mean, looking at his overall career, it won't have much of a negative impact, in my opinion. I think it'll, it'll people will call it out, but I don't think overall it'll be too much of a stain. Since you're on top, I just want to say something. You know how a lot of people, I'm not saying this is true or not, but there's a lot of people, yeah. you know, when he was in the East, right? He went eight straight finals. A lot of people criticized, oh, the East is not strong enough, right? Yeah, true. That's true. But, but like, I'm not going to say because going to eight straight finals is very difficult and he was able to yeah. do that. But coming to the West, a lot of people said, oh, now he's going to struggle because now I've heard the West was at that time harder, right? More yeah. tougher. He comes, you know, his first season didn't make the playoffs. Like, look, in his four years in the West, he got one good season. Yeah. Just got out in the first round and then two two missed playoffs. So you just look at that kind of stuff. Like, people are going to look like, oh, now you come to the West. Now he's struggling. I mean, yeah, you're pretty much spot on to me on this. But I, if I look at it, obviously, if we just assume they were, like, always healthy, right? Yeah. First year, I think he would have made the playoffs because they were fourth before he got hurt. Yeah. So he would probably would have made the playoffs, but I do think they probably get out in the first or second round. Like it wouldn't be yeah. too too much. Second season, they won the chip. Third season, if they was healthy, I believe the Clippers would have beat them. I think they would have got to the conference finals. I know you picked them. You said if you know nobody's yeah. hurt, they would get to the finals. So if they were just healthy, I mean, this could have looked a lot better. Who knows? They probably could have got multiple titles. I would say first season and third season was really injuries because the teams were really constructed well. But this season, yes, they were injured, but that doesn't matter. You missed the playoffs. This season's failures came down to bad construction 
of the roster and injuries played a minor part in it, in my opinion. And yeah, that, that that's about it. But there's no excuses to miss the play in. It really isn't. Like LeBron actually criticized the play in uh, yeah. before. He was like, oh, you know, this shouldn't yeah. be in it. It yeah, was the only that. chance they had a chance to make it. But hey, congrats to the Lakers. They ain't going to be in it. So, you know, yep. you don't have to complain about it anymore. <laughs> yep. And was it some mistake? I mean, I honestly don't think it was. Like you said, I mean, he won a ring. So, I mean, I can't really call it a mistake. So I just want to ask, like, do you think, like, this is, like, arguably one of the biggest, like, failures ever for, like, a team of this potential, I should say? 100%. I mean, I think we both said in the beginning this is a super team. I mean, when you have yeah, Russ, is. AD, LeBron, Carmelo, Dwight Howard, I just named you five Hall of Famers. Yeah. And all multiple-time all-stars. You have some young pieces there. And all that, like, you look at the roster, yeah, I mean, this is a super team, and this is a super team that has failed. I like, agree. sometimes when you look at super teams, like, we have Brooklyn, obviously, they made it to the playoffs, but, that, yeah, yeah, they were hurt. They didn't even make the playoffs. You're telling me, yeah. you got Russ, aiding LeBron, yes, I understand the fit it's was crazy. bad, but you can't even make the play. You can't even get the eight seat. Yeah. You can't even make the play, and you can't even get the 10 seat. So, they did yes. the huge fail. And I repeat again, of course, this this could haunt the Lakers for a long time. I think Because I don't know how they're going to fix this. Yeah, this is going to be tough. And it's so funny you brought up the Nets because, like, when people talk about, like, failed super teams, they talk about them choking in the playoffs or messing up. This team couldn't even make the playoffs. They couldn't make the play in. We agreed that the Nets would have won the championship. They were healthy. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, I, I do. They were they were hurt. Like, KD balled out. But, you know, the Bucks were just a little hard for them to contain because, well, they had their whole team. And, and it was just KD and Harden's obviously technically, like, he was there. But he wasn't a help, really, because he wasn't yeah. 100%. He was not even probably 20. Who knows? Yeah, but to me, like, this is this has to be up there. Like, this is, like, they couldn't even make the... And I know AD was out, but you still got MVP. Like, I mean, I know he wasn't playing at, at MVP level, but, you know, he's he's a Hall of Famer. He will be a Hall of Famer. And I just expect it better for him, honestly. Yo, this is a little random, but, man, Kyrie Irving got snubbed from the top 75 list. Just he wanted did. to say that. This is mad random, though, but... Yeah. Dame was in it. I mean, don't know how, but... <laughs> Like, honestly, I don't know how, how did Dame get in that list. Like, actually. There's maybe a discussion for another day, but we definitely yeah. analyze it. True. Um, and see, but, like, definitely Kyrie to me is one. And Dwight Howard not making is still stunning. Clay was a snub, too, I believe. Yeah, Clay. There's so many, but Dwight Howard not making, if you look at his career. Yeah. Like, AD, I understand, had a great career. But I think Dwight Howard, when his prime, he was always in Orlando. He was called the best player in the world at a time. So, it's yeah. crazy that he didn't make it and AD did. I'm not saying AD shouldn't make it, but if you put AD, Dwight should be in it. Yeah. Uh, so. Now we're done with the Lakers talk. Now we don't have to worry about talking about the Lakers. So we'll move on to topic two. The Premier League season is coming to an end soon, and there are a handful of games left. Which teams have surprised you the most, and which teams have been the most disappointing? Okay, so the two teams that have surprised me the most are Arsenal and Crystal Palace. I'll go one by one. Arsenal, the beginning of the season, I mean, they're my team. But we were literally bottom of the league in the beginning of the season. And honestly, I thought we'd probably be like, eighth like I don't think we'd be getting anything this season at all and we've actually had a pretty good turnaround I mean at the moment we're fifth I mean we're tied on points for fourth and I think we'd even go higher on the table I mean it just shows like Arteta his system his plan has been coming into place and we've been playing better and better we did just have a pretty bad game against Crystal Palace which is the next team I'll mention but I think overall we're on the rise we're playing better together the team the system is meshing and all the players are buying into the system. They all talk highly on the manager. There's no person like 
talking to the media behind the back, no like snitching, I should say, like how they are in the Man United team. I mean, I'm not going to get into that, but that's a whole different story. But I feel like everyone's playing together. They all want to advance as a group. It's a good young core with Saka, Martinelli, Smith-Rowe, Odegaard, Lakanga. I mean, I, I can go on. Like this team is really just, I think it's becoming something special. In a few years, who knows where we'll be, but I think this season our sights are set on top four. I'll be fine with fifth even. Because, like I said, I thought we'd finish eighth or somewhere around there because, you know, it just wasn't good and I didn't I didn't see, like, the vision. But now, after watching the games, analyzing the team, I feel like we can actually push. And I feel like we're almost overperforming in a sense because I, I didn't see this coming. Now, on a Crystal Palace, I think this, to me, like, is story of the season. They are ninth, and they can't even get higher, in my opinion. But what Patrick Vera has done, the Arsenal legend, in my opinion, what he has done with this team is crazy. He came, he signed his players, he signed Eze, he signed Olise, he signed Edouard, he signed these talented players who honestly were playing in different places. But like, I just think that to what he's doing right now, I think he has a chance to be one of the top managers in the league in a few years. He's on that track. He's playing amazing. Well, his team is playing amazing. His system is amazing to watch. Like, he played us, and he, he honestly boxed all the players up. We couldn't do anything. We really controlled that whole game. And we're shut down. So, they defend hard. They attack with a vengeance, and the midfield is, is rock solid. And I just feel like this is a team to watch for the future because, like I said, they're all playing for the badge. They're all playing with their hearts. And it's just amazing to watch a team like this, especially with him coming this season. I feel like the turnaround he's gave this club is just amazing because before they were just mid-table, lower half, just – in the league, but now I feel like they're actually pushing and fighting for something, which is always good to see. Now, teams that have been the most disappointing for me, I'd say Chelsea and Everton. And yes, Chelsea are mm. third at the moment, but to me, like, I thought they would be higher up, like, competing, not for the title necessarily, but, like, just be closer to the race, because essentially it's a two-horse race right now between Man City and Liverpool. I thought they'd be up there, because as you know, they did recently win the Champions League, and they fell off a bit in a sense. I mean, the, the roster quality is still there, but it's just not being put together. Lukaku signed for $100 million. I mean, honestly, I think he's a flop, honestly. Yes, he was hurt at some points, but he even came out of saying, like the report saying, oh, how he only left to join Chelsea for the money because he was at Inter Milan. He played there for about two seasons. He played amazing. And now we went back to Premier League saying for the money because like the amount you can earn. Like it's actually just crazy to me that he would even say that. But, I mean, I believe it was patched up, but he hasn't been playing to the level that was expected of him. 100 million, you're supposed to be a world beater. You're supposed to be world class week in and week out. And his injuries are there, yes, but he's been back for a while now. Hasn't resettled into the team. And I just think that he hasn't played to the level, to the standard that he should be held at. The next team I have, Everton. I mean, this team is, honestly, they look set to go down in my opinion. Like, they're playing horrible. They can't string together good results. I mean, Lampard is doing his best, but I just don't think it'll be enough to keep this team up. To me, they look like they look the worst in the relegation race. And that's crazy to say because they're 17th and it goes on to 20th, but they don't look good at all. Like, every part of them just looks bad. Like, it's hard to watch them play. Like, even Burnley, Watford, I feel like they're fighting. They even look good. Like, they look better to me. But Everton, to me, Everton, I think Everton's going down. I think, I think it's, it's written in stone. Lampard, I mean, there's, I don't think there's anything he can do. I mean, they've. I think he's lost, like, I don't know how much he lost since he took over, but it's not a good record. 
And I honestly feel like this team is going down. Like, And it's crazy because they're such a big club. But as I said, you're never too big to go down. You're never too big to drop. And I feel like Everton will be in a championship next season, sadly. But, yeah, that's just how I see it. A lot of great points there. Uh, so which player has surprised you the most this season? Uh, I'd say probably Joe Linton. He's a, well, I guess we call him a midfielder now for Newcastle. Uh, he was a striker, wasn't playing well at all. Then Eddie Howe gets appointed by the Newcastle owners, and he shifts him into midfield like a holding role, box to box. And he's been playing amazing, actually. Like, I didn't see this coming at all. Like, imagine taking a striker and shifting him to a midfield position. Like, I never thought that's even, like, a thing that was possible. But he's a great ball winner. His stamina is amazing. Box to box. He's really talented. I think he found a home in this position. I think I read up that he played this position, like, early in his career. But I didn't think, like, you know, him being a striker that he could adjust. But it was honestly a seamless adjustment. He's a workhorse in the middle of the pitch. He plays amazing. And I think... He could even get a call up to the Brazilian national team because he's playing so well. And I think Newcastle are staying up this season. I think they spent well in the transfer market. Eddie Howe is doing good with the tactics and stuff. So I believe they're solid. And I think Joe Linton is, I think he has potential to be a really, really good player. I, I like his improvement this season. I like his progression as an individual. So that's just the player that I thought was the biggest surprise. Next, topic three, WrestleMania, the two-night show has concluded. So what was your ratings for each match from a scale of 1 to 10? And what is your overall rating for the entire show? Great WrestleMania. Looking at the card of it, like all the matches, I didn't think it would be this great. Maybe I underestimated, but WrestleMania always delivers. So I'm going to start with night one, um, which was Saturday, April 2nd. Uh, in no particular order, but we'll start with the SmackDown Women's Championship. Charlotte Flair defeated Ronda Rousey. I gave it an 8 out of 10. I thought it was a really good match. Um ronda rousey you know stunned that she didn't win i think this was one of the shocking matches in wrestlemania because everybody thought ronda would win but charlotte flair did win you know because ronda rousey did make her tap out and then the referees didn't see it so then charlotte flair hit her with the boot and then one two three mm. she won the match i thought it was a really good match they had some great chemistry charlotte flair gets criticized a lot but she's a really good in-ring wrestler fernando said it multiple times and i totally agree with him um so yeah i would say eight out of ten it was just a great match uh, next match, Raw Women's Championship, Bianca Blair defeats Becky Lynch. was a great match. I think there was some mix, but I, me, you know, my friend Danny and Fernando, I think we all said Bianca Blair because uh, it was her moment to win. She won it last year at WrestleMania. She wins it again. How cool is it that both the women's that main event WrestleMania, who were the winners? You know, Bianca Blair beat Sasha Banks at the main event. Becky Lynch beat Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey at the main event. So they both were main event winners in itself. That was history, you know. Women's main eventing WrestleMania is history in itself, and it's so great to see that. Two of the winners, they go in at it, and Bianca Blair wins. And this has been going from SummerSlam since Becky Lynch won it, and then she turned heel. It was a really good match, um, and I think uh, it made sense for Bianca Blair to win, and I would give it a 9 out of 10. It was just a really good mm -hmm. match, great chemistry. It was really fun to watch. Even though it was a repetitiveness with the, the match, I, I think it delivered in WrestleMania style. 9 out of 10. I'll just repeat that again, yeah. So then we have... The SmackDown Tag Team Champions, The Usos defeat Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs. I mean, I'm going to give the match a 5 out of 10. Obviously, I think it it was okay. I think it was fun. The entrance of Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs is, is phenomenal. So every time I watch, I get hyped. I'm like, yeah, this, this is just my mm. song. It was just the best tag team entrance, at least in the current era. I'm just enjoying their entrance. It's so fun. But obviously, the Rick Boogs, you know, he's a very strong wrestler, but he did get injured. So hoping for a speedy recovery for him. It was a... 
Hope he gets better soon. But yeah, I would just give it a five out of ten. I thought it was a decent match. It was okay, but wouldn't say it was like like the best of the best. But I still enjoyed it. So yeah. Mm-hmm. But the, yeah, the reason I gave it, I think, a five out of ten is just the match. I don't think was just too long. I, you know, so I just gave it a five out of ten. The Miz and Logan Paul versus Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. I gave it an eight out of ten. I think it was a great match. We saw Logan Paul who exceeded expectation. Bad Bunny did put the ceiling very high when he came in and what he did in WrestleMania the previous year. But Miz, you know, he's always a great wrestler. Logan Paul, what he did in the ring, just again, exceeded expectations. He did some great stuff in the wrestling ring, did the frog splash. He did a lot of different moves. It was just fun to see. And then at the end, after they won the match, Miz just skull crashed the finale. And that was a crazy ending. But yeah, 8 out of 10. Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Baron Corbin. I gave it a 7 out of 10. I actually... I always was upset with this match, but I think it wasn't too bad because nobody's ever kicked out of the end of day finisher. And he finally, somebody did kick out. And I think it's a good move to have Drew McIntyre be the one to, cause Drew McIntyre is that kind of star. But Corbin even said, you know, on, I think a podcast or somewhere that he didn't want anybody to ever kick out from that move. So it's kind of surprising that it happened and, and Drew McIntyre kicked out and, and, and they won. So a seven out of 10, even though it's been very repetitive and we've seen it on and on and on, I think it was a decent match. Uh, Stone Cold versus Kevin Owen. I mean, I have to give it a 10 out of 10. I, how can I give it any low? Stone Cold Steve off in wrestling after what, like a 19-year WrestleMania hiatus, like since he hasn't been there. And obviously he was in Dallas. He came and there was an actual match. Kevin Owen called him out. He said, we're going to have a fight. I didn't know he was going to fight. I thought it would just be a talk show. Stone Cold with a stunner. But it was an actual match. That was so much fun to see Stone Cold in the ring again in Dallas, hometown. Perfect ending to his historic career. So 10 out of 10. Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins. I mean, the surprising return of Cody Rhodes, there was a lot of implication that he already signed and it became true. The American nightmare. What an entrance. I'm a huge fan of that entrance. Cody Rhodes coming. I think it's a big deal too, because a lot of stars from WWE have gone to AEW. It was one of the huge reasons in AEW had a success. You know, I'm not saying the only reason, but obviously him and Tony Khan, he was an executive and he made a lot of decisions. He brought some stars in and the companies Mm -hmm. and the very competitive you know they're i still think they're number two in wwe's one but they're very competitive uh wrestling company but cody rose returning was very stunning in the fashion that he left you know he left i never thought he would return like i just never thought it was possible but he returned he came versus seth rollins and this was my favorite match of night one by the way 10 out of 10 anytime seth rollins in the ring he always performs to the highest level yeah it was just fun to watch it was just really good match cody rose has some great moves um Tribute to his father. You know, he did some great moves. And yeah, that was a great match. Cody Rose won, but fun match. That was night one. Uh, let's move on to night two. So we have the winner takes all unification match. The universal champion, Roman Reigns, defeats Brock Lesnar. He wins both titles now. So my rating for this match, five out of 10. I think this was the expectation. I, I you know, me and Fernando were talking about, like, we kind of knew what was going to happen. Reigns was going to hit, like, a lot of Superman punches, hit some spears and all that. It was just kind of, you already knew what was going to happen. Brock Lesnar did hit only one F5. I just think the match should have been clean if you're going to give us this kind of main event. It didn't have to be any cheating where Reigns has to use the bell and all this kind of stuff. And yeah, I just thought the match was pretty weak. I'm not going to criticize the whole wrestling, but as a main event, I was looking forward to it. I'm not saying that everybody wasn't because it seemed that a lot of people were looking forward to it, but the match was weak. Wasn't that strong, but Roman Reigns now is on top of the world because he has both titles. The women's tag team championship match we have Naomi and Sasha Banks who defeated Carmella and Queen Zelina, Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley, and Natalia and Shayna Baszler. Great match. Happy to see Sasha Banks finally win at WrestleMania. I think her record was like 0 6, and now she's like 1 6. So I think it was the right decision to put the titles on them. Um, it was just great, beautiful to watch. I think I would give it an 8.5 out of 10. I think it was a great match. We got to see eight women in the ring doing incredible things like they always do. Um, it was just fun to watch. 
Um, and then, yeah, Sasha Banks normally winning was very happy. You know, Sasha Banks one of my favorite wrestlers, so very happy that she won. And, and Naomi too, very. I feel like she's underappreciated in wrestling, like underrated in a sense. Like we got to give her the respect she deserves. She's a great wrestler. Johnny Knoxville defeats Sami Zayn. Um, I mean, that match, you know, I would give it like a 7 out of 10. I think, you know, again, a celebrity coming. He did a great job. It was fun to watch. Um, but I wouldn't say it was like my favorite match or anything like that. But I just thought it was decent. Then we have RK Bro, Matt Riddle, and Randy Orton, who defeated the Street Profits and Alpha Academy. I gave this match an 8.5 out of 10. I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed it. It was really fun. You got to see three elite tag teams in, into the ring. Street Profits, again, I feel like they're a team, like, they're one of my favorite tag teams. They're really fun to watch. I mean, they have a lot of great moves. You know, Montez Ford, the move that he does, he jumps so high. And then it's, I think they call it from the heavens. But it's a really good move. Um, but, yeah, the match was great. And then you see RKO's. I think Matt Riddle hit one. And Randy Orton, it was just, it was just a great match. I mean... And, of course, RK Bro wins. They're on top. They're one of the top merchandise sellers in WWE, so it makes a lot of sense that they should win. But it's exciting to see uh, their pairing. So we have Bobby Lashley who defeated Omos. I gave it a 4 out of 10, and the match was pretty short. I mean, it's cool to see Omos and Bobby, but you kind of expect that Bobby would win. But I just thought the match wasn't that strong. Edge defeats AJ Styles. I gave it 8 out of 10. This was a dream match for a lot of people. You know, Edge winning, to me, made a lot of sense, I think. He finally got his moment, in my opinion, because he hasn't won when he returned back at the Royal Rumble. You know, then in the first WrestleMania, he defeated Randy Orton, but it was no fans. In the second year, he lost to Reigns, and, and at that time, Daniel Bryan was in WWE. And this year, he finally got to win in front of fans at WrestleMania. But the difference was he's a heel, which was cool to see Edge as a heel. It's like totally changed everything. And then at the end, you see Damian Priest, who's coming and, and like distracts AJ, who's probably about to hit his finisher, the phenomenal forearm. And, Edge hits him with a spear in midair, and then he wins, and then Damian Priest comes in the ring, and it seems like they're going to pair up Edge and Damian together. That's pretty cool because I feel like Damian now being a heel, I, I'm a huge fan of it. I think as a face, he was decent, but heel Damian is going to be really good. We've seen a side of him. like he's some, When he was a face, he was unleashing that heel side, but I'm excited for this pairing. It's pretty cool. And then we have Sheamus and Ridge Hollins defeat the New Day, King Woods and Kofi Kingston. One out of ten. This match was damn near terrible. It's not the competitors, but the it was so short of a match, and it could have been it could have been a lot better. Like Kofi, like the way the New Day just got treated, like felt like trash. Like the way they got treated, just lose literally in two minutes. That was just so upsetting. Um, yeah, I would give it. Yeah, I have to give it one out of ten. Just this was probably the worst match I saw in the whole WrestleMania. We have Pat McAfee defeats Austin Theory. That match, I got to give it a ten out of ten. Pat McAfee, what he did in the ring, he exceeded all expectations. Sometimes you say you not see it coming, no, not a disrespect, but like, you know, as a his NFL punter he is and, and to come into the ring and yeah. live his long line dream. I was just happy. I was rooting for Pat McAfee, but he exceeded my expectations. I thought he was going to do great, but he set the bar really high. What he did in the ring, crazy moves that one day he jumped to the top rope and then he hit a suplex on Austin Theory and he won the match and then the crowd was in it. I think that was my favorite match of night two. Uh, Pat McAfee against Austin Theory. And then after that, Vince McMahon coming into the ring and actually fighting. McMahon did defeat Pat McAfee. I mean, it didn't feel like a real match because Austin Theory just attacked him and McMahon just beat him and then he won one, two, three pretty easily. But Vince McMahon, by the way, I don't, I don't know. I just want to say he was jacked, like a guy who's that old. Uh, like at his age, he was so like, he took off his shirt. He's like, bro, Vince is like super jacked, like great shape. My goodness. But, and then after that, Stone Cold comes out. Oh my goodness. Reminds you of those back in the day, Stone Cold and Vince McMahon things where Stone Cold hit him with a lot of stutters to end Stone Cold 
Night 2 comes out. I didn't expect him to come out, so that was cool. And then hits him with a stunner. It kind of made a lot of sense the way to end it. He, that's, he did that to Vince before in his past and did it again. And the way to end his career, you know. Of course, I hope he comes back again, but I don't know. And then after that, obviously, Stone Cold and Pat McAfee, you know, drink some beer. And then Stone Cold hit him with a stutter, too. But it was just cool. But that whole segment, you know, the whole thing, Pat McAfee beating Austin Theory, then McMahon defeating Pat McAfee, and then Stone Cold coming out, stunning Austin Theory, stunning McMahon, and then eventually Pat McAfee. All the whole segment, you got to give it a 10 out of 10. Like, how can you not? It was just, it was just beautiful. So overall, I would give WrestleMania. I think WWE did a great job. Eight out of 10. I think overall it was a really good show. Can't have any complaints about it. You can't always expect perfection, but it was really good for the card that they had. I didn't think it could be that good, but um, maybe that was just me doubting them, but they put up a WrestleMania thriller. So very happy I was able to see both of those nights. It was so much fun. Thank you, WWE. Uh, So moving on to topic four, today we will be discussing part three of our three-part topic where we will talk about each NBA team and say whether they exceeded our expectations this season, fell short of our expectations and underperformed this season, or have met our expectations and played as predicted. Today we will cover teams between the fifth and the first seed. So first would be the sixth seed Chicago Bulls. Uh, At the time of the last recording, they were higher. And we talking about the Raptors, who were lower. But the Raptors are fifth now. The order switched, so yeah, we'll be talking about them in space of the Raptors, who we already talked about. So yeah, so number six, Chicago Bulls. Uh, yeah, I say expected. I mean, I have them. I had them in this area, to be honest. I mean, I, I in the beginning of the season, this is where I picked them to be. I think. I mean, I don't really have them as as high as they were. You know, they were first at one point. I mean, I had them probably near this range, probably a little bit lower actually. I think you had around, them lower. Yeah, around this area. So I'd say still salty about the Rosen leaving. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, they had a lot of injuries, you know, with Lonzo, Caruso, Levine was injured at one point. Pat Williams just came back. I mean, yeah, so they had it pretty tough. I mean, the Rosen has been carrying this team literally. I mean, averaging almost 30 points per game. I mean, he's playing amazing. I mean, I really have nothing negative to say about him. Like, he's down to Blair. Mm-hmm. He's leveled up since he's left San Antonio. I mean, I think what Popovich has done to him really has elevated his game. And I think. Learning from the Spurs system really has uh, helped him as a player. I mean, you know, this is where I, I thought they'd be pretty much. I mean, I say expected. I'm actually going to say exceeded my expectations because really? at the end of the day, I'm only saying it's because of what the Chicago Bulls were last season. So okay, true, for yeah, them to true. be in the playoffs, um, I think is incredible in itself. They haven't made the playoffs in a few years. And, yeah. and this this move, a lot of people criticize. I think I saw this online. I'm nowhere, but it was like this is the potential worst off-season move, which was DeMar DeRozan mm. to the Bulls, which became, I mean, I think that's probably Russell Westbrook now, the move. But <laughs> um, DeMar, you've seen him in Toronto. He's been known as a guy who's, when it mattered most, you know, he struggled, you know, his, wherever he played, obviously he ran into LeBron. Yeah. But, and now coming into Chicago and just playing at this, I don't think I've ever seen DeMar DeRozan play at this level. He's been playing at an elite MVP level. He's been balling. And I think Chicago would have been, to me, a contending team had they been healthy. Losing Lonzo Ball for the whole season when he was there with Alex, Alex Cruz has been injured. Their the defense was so yeah. great. They were number one at a time, but they dropped because Lonzo's out and then Levine's in and out and then Caruso got hurt. And Lonzo was a huge part of their team. And I think a lot of people just, not going to say it slips their mind, but like we, we might forget about like how great Lonzo makes their team. Elite playmaker, elite defender, just does everything. And an elite, he's improved his three-point shooting, by the way. Yeah which is something that Ben Simmons should probably take into consideration. <laughs> but you've seen Lonzo struggle, and a lot of people called him out for it, but now his three-point percentage has been great this season. I still remember that shot he hit against the Nets when Harden was there at the time. 
So I think they exceeded in my level because obviously where Chicago was before, but I do believe they would have been higher had these injuries not occurred because they've been suffering a lot and DeRozan's been carrying this team. So number four, the Philadelphia 76ers. I'd say expected. I mean, I pretty much had them around this area. I mean, they're only like, what, two games off the second seed? I mean, I know the first seed is already a lock with the Heat. Congrats to them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like the Sixers are really, they're a solid team. I mean, uh, Joel Embiid has been playing at MVP level. I mean, they're here despite the Ben Simmons issues that played them this entire season. Harden and Embiid still have some things to work out. They can play better together. I feel like Harden still has some to the team. He's been struggling recently, which I will admit. But, I mean, I feel like there's not much time left, but I feel like they can get it together and potentially do something in the playoffs. I mean, her Doc Rivers may be on the way out. I mean, don't know how he got the job in the first place, respectfully, obviously. But Doc Rivers has helped because when Doc Rivers once came, no no knock on Brett Brown, I've seen him be like get like the post dominance like he's been then he true that's been true. balling like crazy i think he's got and be the basketball in the spots that he needs it of course no knock on brett brown at that time they had jimmy butler too so there was true. a lot of players and obviously when you have ben simmons you know it, it closes the space as well because he can't shoot yeah i agree with that i feel like yeah. Rivers has changed the system but with the rumors he's on the way out i mean he just came like what two seasons ago i think it comes down if they underperform in the playoffs if they get knocked out like in I mean, the second it's, round it's possible i mean i think anything less than eastern conference finals is underperforming if i'm being honest yeah. let's just see what happens yeah so for me philadelphia i'm gonna also say exceeded my expectations because with the whole ben really? simmons drama because i know harden is here now is different but before harden came the majority of the season was without harden and of course ben That's simmons true. he didn't play with the sixers you know he decided he's gonna leave so that whole drama everything for them to be they were literally even number one at a time for mb to be able to carry and put that team in that position they overachieved because if they a lot of people thought they were not a championship team even with ben simmons and now He's not there the whole drama, and they were still fourth, fifth. Like, to be that high, I mean, that's incredibly impressive for Embiid to be able to do that. And, of course, the whole team, Maxi came up. He was balling. Everybody really showed up at Embiid. Of course, the main focus, and Embiid said himself, like, at that time for us to win games, I have to play. We have to play perfect, basically, and I have to play exceptionally well. And that's exactly what he did, just putting up 40 points, 40. Like, just just dominating what he is. One of the best in the league. Maybe number one, maybe number two. Him and Jokic is in that conversation. So, Nick Wright, please stop disrespecting Nikola Jokic. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I would say exceeded. But now, obviously, with Harden, now the expectation that they should be in that range. But I'm just making the assumption because the majority of the season, MB had no star with him. Before we move on, I wanted to ask you a question. In the beginning, when people were comparing this, I, I think even I've been a person who said, you know, this closer to Kobe and Shaq, and maybe I was wrong to yeah. make that comparison that early because they have no championships at the moment. I just thought this duel with the talent that they had. But what do you think about, you know, in the beginning Harden came 5-0, and balling, and, and the way that he's struggling now, and like, especially, you know, against those top-tier teams, against Brooklyn, against Phoenix, struggle against Toronto a few times. But like, what do you think about a lot of criticism, a lot of people now saying like, they're not the Sixers, not even in the top four on their list. Everybody has like the Celtics, the Heat. You know, I've seen this all over like um, Miami. Like they have Brooklyn, like all these teams over Philly. So, what do you think about Philly chances about the playoffs? Because a lot of people are very concerned now. I think they still are a strong team. I feel like the criticism is kind of it's warranted, but I think it's a bit reactionary. I mean, like you said in the first five games, like Harden was playing pretty well. I mean, I think yeah, he has struggled. He's been pretty inconsistent this season, which I will admit. Hmm. We all know what struggles in the playoffs when it comes down to the biggest moments. But I do feel like his play this season has been great to me. I mean, I heard people saying that he's taking a step back, but I mean, I think that's due to like his changing roles, which I'm being a facilitator. And I do think, I believe we talked about this a, a while ago, but I feel like him being a facilitator on the 76ers, I mean, they need to be second option. And by that, I mean, second scorer. Like you can't be 
just content with getting your 20 assists or 15 assists that he's been getting. You got to put up more numbers. And I know he's, I think he's averaging, what, 21 or around that for him, for them now. That's great, but I feel like he has to be a bit more aggressive and just try to get his way more offensively. You can still facilitate, but just try to, like, imprint yourself on the game in another way. For me personally, obviously, I have the Sixers winning the championship. I'm not going to say I'm not. I'm going to say I'm a little concerned, obviously, the way they're playing. <laughs> but the talent is there. There's no question about yeah. it. But concern to me, if the Sixers are going to win the championship, just looking at it, Harden's been great facilitating, you know, since he's come to Brooklyn, just changing that role. He's been a facilitator before, too. We just yeah. known him for scoring. He's always been a facilitator. But it's true. I think for them to win a championship, because now when he was in Brooklyn, when they had Kyrie, the whole big three was there. He could be the number three scorer. He didn't have to worry about scoring so much, so he was able to facilitate. But I feel like in, in Philly now, he has to be number two. His stats are great, but I feel like he has to be less of a passing James Harden and more of a scoring James Harden if they're going to win a championship. Because if he's aggressive mm-hmm. and he's giving me 25 and Embiid's giving you the typical 30 that he does, it'd be tough, in my opinion, to beat the Sixers team. But they're really going to have to... Harden's going to have to be more aggressive. I think it comes down to James Harden. We already know what Embiid can give us, but Harden has to be better. I put him to that level because he's a superstar in this league. I feel like... Whether it's a decline or not, people have been saying that and starting to think so. about it. There's a lot of times where, like, James Harden, you see when he's happy, he plays great. You saw when he looked like a superstar in his first five games in Philly. So I feel like James Harden, I've heard people say he has an on and off switch, and I think that might be true. Because sometimes he's, like, he doesn't, you know, when he was, you know, on his way to Brooklyn and, like, the last game he had four points. But then when he's, like, into it, you see when he came to Brooklyn first, putting up a triple-double. This is Philly, first five games, 5-0, and balling, averaging, like, what, like, 26, 27. So I feel like that James Harden superstar is there. He hasn't been consistent, but if he can do that in the playoffs, those kind of numbers, and he brings that back, ooh, it's going to be tough to beat them Sixers. I did pick them for a reason, but main concern is for the Sixers as well, uh, they blow in a lot of leads. Um, That's yeah. very concerning. And also clutch time, because we know Harden has – Struggle no situation. Embiid hasn't been in there, but I do believe he could be that guy. There's a lot of questions. I do believe the Sixers can fix this. I know they got trade midseason, but I'm I'm sticking with the Sixers. I know you have a major pick yet. You'll make it soon, but yep. I know Danny, all these guys probably laughing with the pick that I made when I when I made it, but I still believe it. I believe in the Sixers. I do think the talent-wise is going to be hard. If those two are playing at their highest level, it's going to be hard yeah. to say who can beat that kind of duo. Besides, I think Brooklyn matches them duo-wise, but I think they have the second best duel in the East. Hmm. So number three, the Boston Celtics. Um, I'd say exceeded honestly. Yeah, can't keep I had them way lower, and I, mean, I actually had them fourth. Then I then I was like, nah, I'm off the Boston <laughs> Celtics. I'm not gonna. They're done. And then they they shocked yeah. me. Got to yeah. give out to uh, Adoka. You know what he's doing, incredible yeah. job. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, they were way lower early in the season. I mean, honestly, I didn't see this turnaround coming. But yeah, they were kind of like the Lakers. They was playing trash, and they exceeded, and the Lakers still stink. Yeah. <laughs> but Yudoka came in, the trades happened, Derek White, some of the good pieces. That's and the huge I think that was a huge trade. I really turned like the season that around. And they got yeah. uh Daniel Tice. He also came too. And Robert Williams been balling, by the way. His defense. He, he's out now, I believe, but actually one of the best defensive teams in the league. I think they're number one right now. Yeah. They're number one in defense. I mean And Al Horford coming back too. Al Horford piece piece like that just solid defensively. I mean, I think they're very threatening. Brad Stevens has done a great job in the front office. Yeah, he has. He really excelled in that role. And I feel like they're threatening and they can actually cause some teams some trouble. Like, I feel like they're, they have some, a lot of potential in this playoff run. Yeah, they're my dark horse team too, but I feel like they're, like, I'm not going to say they're not a contender because they definitely have a chance. I do have some teams ahead of them, but they definitely have a chance. Like, if they play a team like Miami, I can see it going to seven. If they play a team like Milwaukee, I feel like it could go that far. If they play Brooklyn, I feel like they're just going to be very competitive series if you play the Boston Celtics. But 
I'm also saying exceed expectations. Clearly, obviously, I know I had them higher, but then I was eventually like, I was like, nah, I'm done with the Celtics. And then shout out to Julio. I know Julio's happy about this. You know, Celtics have been balling. Um, but how, they exceed expectations. They were seventh last season. Brad Stevens has done an incredible job in the front office. Um, Derek White was a huge piece for them. And then Robert Williams has been great defensively. Al Horford coming back. They have great defense. Coach, exceptional job. He's, you know, probably one of the top coaches and maybe a coach of the year candidate. There's a lot of coaches of your candidates. But he's he's done a great job, Adoka. You know, comes from San Antonio, so you expect greatness from him. Credit goes to everybody. Goes first to the coaching staff, the players, everybody. They bought in, and I think they bought into that defense, and they're a really good defensive team. They exceed expectations. You know, they were seventh last season, and now they're really one of those top teams, and they're a scary team if you have to play Boston Celtics. Anybody who has to play them will face a lot of troubles because they lock up defensively. Number two, the Milwaukee Bucks. Honestly, you expect it. I mean, one of the best teams in the East. Giannis playing at MVP level. Middleton, Drew Holiday, great second and third options. I believe averaging 21 and 19, respectively. Yeah, Chris Middleton was an all-star this season, so, yeah. All around, great team. Solid team. Great three-point shooting. Good defense. I mean, there's really no, no negative around this roster. I mean, it's built perfectly around Giannis. And I feel like the sky's the limit for this team. Anything can happen. They are the defending champions. So, I mean, like I said, expected. I mean, I always have them in the upper range. I and mean, they're a good team. I'm just excited to see what they can do. For me, the Milwaukee Bucks, I expected this. I agree with you, Joshua. I mean, they won a championship last season. I may expect them to be in the top tier. They're one of the best teams in the East. I know I have Philly over them, and I had Brooklyn over them. I have them in Miami at the same level, but they're one of the top tier teams in the East, and they can easily come out the East again. I'm still going to stick with my pick, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I expect there's really nothing negative to say. They're a great team. They have a great big three. They're a scary team. Giannis keeps getting better and better. Drew Holiday is very underrated, by the way. He really is. Like, he's so yeah. important to that team. I think that trade helped them win that championship. Chris Middleton, baller, always gets buckets. Brooke Lopez is back. Abaka, I like that trade. Just a great overall team, great coaching, staff. Just there's nothing negative, like you said, about that team. Number one, I'm very interested what you're going to say about this team. The Miami Heat. By the way, Joshua said they're pretenders as well. But Yeah, I did. Just on that point, I didn't expect them to contend for a championship, honestly. But I did have them. I think they are one of the better teams in the East, honestly, being unbiased. I mean, I'd probably say some some between expected and exceeded because I didn't expect them to be the first seed, which they did clinch. That has by, to like, be what? exceeded then. You can't say expected because No, but would... yeah, but it's by two games. I mean, it yes, it is the one seed, but <laughs> it's not it's it's not like the Suns around where they're Okay, where but they they're still number it. they clinched number one, so you have to say they exceeded. I mean, sure, I mean, I'll go to exceeded. Okay. Cause I, I had them in that top i say four range and they're they're really they're technically still in that range like they they have it by the way with two games so that's true but they are the number one seat though which i will give them credit for i mean i think jimmy butler's been playing good this year pretty solid Tyler great Rock bench six man of the year honestly um yeah. i think bam generally could have won defense but a year like generally if, if he didn't get hurt i think draymond I mean, probably should have won it but obviously yeah. because he was hurt like he kind of lost true. the race i mean i think he's he's one of the few big men in the league considering draymond and uh, Giannis, I think, who can actually generally guard one through five consistently. I mean, and and pops to Eric Spolstra, I think, who has one of the better defensive schemes in the league. I mean, best coach in the East. I'm not going to go overall and say best because there's some debates on that for sure. Yeah, one of the best in the East. I mean, and I think, you know, this team is pretty good. I mean, I don't think they are contenders 100%. Mm -hmm. I don't. Okay, well, that's respectable. It's, it's a good I team. I mean, opinion. they have room to grow. I mean, and who knows? Maybe they can change my mind later on. Probably not this season, maybe next. But. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, good team. Generally, I say exceeded then. I would say the same exceeded. I know I had Miami higher, but I did have them as a third seed, I think, in the preseason. 
But they exceed expectations. They're the number one seed. I understand that it's very close, but they have secured the number one seed. You know, what Eric Spoelstra has done, you know, the, they have a great team overall. One of the best matches in the East. The Jimmy Butler band missed a lot of time. They still were on the top. That's credit to Spoelstra and the whole, the bench and the whole team. Tyler Heroes have a great season. Tony told me that, you know, he's going to ball out. And Tyler Hero remind us, he was saying, like, oh, you should put me on the same level as Luca and all of them. And everybody was kind of critical, like, hey, like, uh, why did you say that? He came out and showed, like, yeah. that maybe we got to put more respect on his name. I'm not going to say he's on that Luca tier, but it's also he comes off the bench. He's a six man who knows if he was on a different team who was not as good as Miami and this deep that he could have been dropping 40. Who knows? But he's been balling. He's their, actually their best scorer, I think, this season. I think he's behind Jimmy, actually. Yeah, or maybe by, a little bit, by, by, like by maybe little second bit, best, but he's been balling. He's been yeah. like very consistent for them. He's yeah, really yeah. come this season. I know from the series against Milwaukee, but now he's been balling. He's great for them. Overall, like I said, great bench. Great coaching staff. Pat Riley again, did it again. Build a great team. Kyle Lowry coming in is a huge addition, in my opinion. But overall, they exceeded. I mean, there's no question. They're number one in the East, which means as the record-wise, they're the best team in the East, record-wise. Obviously, playoffs, we know. That doesn't mean anything, like you said. The Sixers were number one last season. They got bounced in the second round. The Utah Jazz, I call them the Utah Pretenders. They got bounced <laughs> in the second round to a Clippers team that didn't have Kawhi Leonard for two games, obviously, that series. All right, so moving on to the West, number five, the Utah Jazz. I'd say expected. I mean, they're always in the not in the mix, but they're always up there. You know, they're a solid team, but at the end of the day, they're not good enough. Hmm. I mean, there's rumors of issues with Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. I mean, I think that's a possibility. I mean... Who wants to be in the middle of the pack forever, you know? I mean, I heard rumors of Quinn Snyder leaving. I mean, getting fired potentially. I mean, I don't know if that'll happen. That'd be crazy. He's a great I coach. I think he's a solid coach. I mean. Yeah, he's a great coach. I think any any team but would want to pick him up. It's funny because they're a good team, but they're just not good enough. They just, they're just missing sense. that one piece to yeah, maybe put, what get is. them over the hump. And it's kind of sad, but this is how it is. I mean. Yeah. We both said they're pretenders. We both agree on that one. Uh, for me, I actually say they underperformed this season because they mm. were the number one seat last season. So I'm just comparing it based on season to season. Yeah. I know I never had them as contenders, but for them to come in, you know, with the expectation, you know, we got to go, we got to get better. They didn't really tremendously improve their team. And again, that might be a small market thing. A lot of players don't want to come to Utah. No knock on them, but it's just how it is in the league. I think for them being number one now, they're like fifth and like sixth in that middle of the pack. I think that's very bad for them. They, they should have been a lot higher, you know, if they were really going to come into the season as a championship team because... Like I told you, if they play the Dallas Mavericks in the first round, they're getting bounced in the first round. This Utah Jazz little Cinderella story that they had last year, not even a Cinderella story because they got bounced in the second round. But for them to even have that little thought that, hey, we're going to come and we're going to compete for a championship, we're going to get better, mm, that's not happening. Lucas knocking you out of the playoffs. But they underperformed. They were number one. They're number five, six. So they're below this season. But let's see what they do in the playoffs. But we know Utah Jazz has just been a regular season team. Let's see what they do in the playoffs. But again, I'm already booking it. They're getting out in the first round. Number four, the Dallas Mavericks. Exceeded, honestly. I mean, they're a good team. I mean, like, that's all I can say, really. They're fourth seed. I mean. They're your dark horse team. So Yeah, they were. I mean, I didn't expect them to be, like, this good. Like, that's what I'm saying, exceeded. I mean, they're pretty much level with the Warriors on record. Like, that. Yeah. that's crazy to me. I mean. Warriors do have solid. some injuries, but yeah. Yeah, true. Doing he's been good since, since the trade. Porzingis gone. I mean, I kind of wish they gave him more time. I was very critical of this trade. Like, uh, we were all stunned. But honestly, I think this trade was good for both sides. I mean, since Porzingis left, Luka just turned on the switch. It just feels yeah. like maybe he got, I don't know, something with the roster or something. But, like, Dinwiddie has been great for them. Really has. Jalen Brunson. I do believe when it comes to playoff time, a lot of time it really comes down to star players. He's going to see now without Porzingis, obviously. Now, Porzingis didn't play good last season in the playoffs. But he's going to have to carry, I think, for them to be top two. Not Utah, because like I told you, Utah is not a good basketball team. They're not 
they can't beat Dallas. But if they're yeah. going to play a top tier team like Phoenix, Luka Doncic, he's capable of doing it. He's going to have to put up big numbers because mm. he's the only legitimate superstar on that team. Yeah. But yeah, for me, um, number four, the Dallas Mavericks. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say expected because last, you know, last season they were the fifth seed. Yeah. So they were still in that range. I do believe they're one of those top five, six seats. So I, they're in that range, and I think it's expected. You have a guy like Luka Doncic. You always expect them to be in that type of tier. They're a great team. I'm not sure where I placed them in my preseason, but just looking at them, I would expect them to be in that kind of four to seven range. Yeah. And that's exactly where they're. They're number four, and they're. Being your Dark Horse team can't be upset with that. This is a really good basketball team. And they're fun to watch. They have, I think, one thing I noticed about Dallas, Jason Kidd's doing an exceptional job. They have elite defense, elite spacing, so Luka Doncic can drive. He got shooters like Dory Finney-Smith. He got Reggie Bullock, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jalen Brunson. They have built this team very well around. I know the Porzingis should be very critical, but they have done a great job. And, it, and Spencer Dinwiddie has been a great fit. Yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie coming in, Brunson, both of them, takes the ball out of Luca's hands takes that pressure off him and bringing in two ball handlers. Jalen Brunson's already been there, but bringing in another one like Dinwiddie. That clutch yeah. shot he had against Brooklyn, though, that was a yeah, buzzer. Was what a shot. Always respect Luca. You know, he's always been a willing passer. He only cares about winning. Yeah, yeah. So you got to respect the guy like that. That's true. Yeah, I mean, not just said that. I mean, I think I'd say expected because, yeah, like they've always been, been in that range. Like, I, th- I think I was just caught up with them being like so close to like, yeah. you know, higher the Warriors. Spot, yeah. yeah. I'd probably say expected too. Yeah. So that's cool. You changed your answer. Uh, my convi- I, I convinced you a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, the Golden State Warriors. Expected. I mean. Really? I mean, can I say that? I don't know. I mean, because in the beginning, since, they didn't have Clay Clay's Thompson. Recovery, I mean, yeah, I think I'd probably say exceeded, actually. Yeah. Because Clay out for the majority of the season. Curry carrying his team with the help of the likes of Jordan Poole. Jordan Kuminga. Poole showing up. Andrew Wiggins yeah. balling. Wiggins. Showing why he's a star in his yeah, league. crazy. Raymond I mean, Green, elite defender. Locks up anybody. Clay has come back. He's on fire. I mean, his last five games, he's averaging, what, almost 29 points, I think. Yeah. Curry's out for a bit. I think they're a big I know he's been on and off, but it's understandable. He missed two seasons of basketball, and, yeah. like, it's going to take him time. But if he gets to his rhythm, ooh, it's Golden State. Yeah, That's why they're still dangerous. my pick. I feel like a lot of people are sleeping on that. A lot of people just stop talking about yeah. them. Like, <laughs> like, hey, Golden State's here. If they're healthy, nobody can beat them in the West, and I'm going to say that again. Yeah. I mean, they were pretty low last season. I mean, I think that's due to all the injuries, but this is where they should be. I mean. Exceeded, I say. Yeah, I agree. Exceeded, you know, in the beginning of the season, no Thompson. They had Curry. A lot. I thought they were going to be, I think, fifth or fourth. That's what I predicted. But yeah. they were number one at a time. Nobody was expecting that. The way they came out that season. And it was a lot to do with Curry. He was playing at MVP level. Uh, Draymond Green, Jordan Poole, you know, shining, giving him 19. And Wiggins, the second option. Jordan Poole, the third option. Great bench. Yeah. Everybody playing good. Um, Steve Kerr doing a great job. Bob Myers, the GM. Everybody's just doing a great job. So, Stunned when they got the first seed. Then they slowly dropped. Obviously, Phoenix took over. And then they were struggling a little without Draymond. And then, obviously, Curry's hurt. And now they they dropped. They yeah. Now they're not the second seed. Now Memphis has taken them over. But that's understandable. When you have injuries, they move up in here. But when it comes to playoff time, they are built for the playoffs. They've been to five straight finals. People sleeping on this team because I do believe they are the best team in the West when healthy. Of course, mm. if they're not healthy, I'm not going to pick them. Her Curry's going to be back for the playoffs. He's healthy. Every Clay Thompson's balling like this. Draymond's back. He's getting his rhythm back. Feels like people forgot about them. And Curry's going to remind them. Number two, the Memphis Grizzlies. I'd say exceeded. I mean, they were like overly, eight last season. Yeah, overly. I mean, I, I honestly did not expect it to jump. You got a job playing at an extremely high level. This team very built around, around him is so good. 20 and 2. Great roster. 
good coach in Taylor Jenkins. I mean, I think they have a scary potential, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I mean, future's bright. Yeah, I mean, I don't know who I can say exceeded like by far. Probably the biggest exceeded this season. Yeah, 100%. And the biggest failure were the Lakers, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> totally agree. Oh, exceeded. I mean, I'll go over, over. Like, I can't even, there's nothing to say. They exceeded. They were the eight seed last season. And now they'll be number two. I'll never see this coming. A lot to do with the coaching staff. A lot to do with the players. Everybody. Everybody's involved with it. John Morant's been balling, playing at a superstar level. Um, and, and obviously without him. I mean, people like you, you always were saying, Joshua, they're a good team without him too. Yeah. I do believe they, John Morant makes them better. But without him, 20-2, and two, they beat the Nets. I remember Katie, Kyrie there, the elite defensive team. Desmond Baines took a jump. You know, you got Jaron Jackson. You got Steven Adams. They're actually a really deep team. And maybe you haven't heard of these players. Yeah. Not saying you, but like everybody, we haven't really heard of these players, right? True. Everybody who plays in Memphis, they ball out. Like everybody plays True. good. Zaire Williamson, they're just a really good young team. And they're going to be scared. They have a lot of potential because they're, they're a very young team. Number one, the Phoenix Suns. Expected. I mean, they're one of the best teams in the West. I'll arguably say one of the best teams in the league. I mean, uh, yeah, best record picking in the them league. to win the whole championship. I can't, I can't be mad at them. Yeah, you really can. I mean, best record in the league by a lot. Ran 63, yeah. Year. I mean, Booker playing at an extremely high level. I mean, one could even argue, pose the question, is he the best shooting guard in the league right now? I mean, arguably, that's He should that's definitely get some MVP consideration. He's been balling number one C. It's crazy. Usually, number one C gets some consideration. Yeah. It feels like, does he just because he plays for Phoenix? But he deserves some consideration. He's not my pick, but he should be the consideration. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I agree. I mean, he's not my pick either, but I think he should at least be in the, in the race. I mean, I feel like he's being snubbed a bit. I mean... I don't know, but... He should be yeah. first All-NBA team. I know we haven't talked about that, but he'd be yeah. my first All-NBA team. Even ball. Yeah, great coach, Monty Williams. Mm. Coach could should um, be probably coach of the year. Can't disagree yeah, on that. Arguably. I mean, I think I have Ty Lue, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> I, I understand, but because cause he has... I, I, I mean, I'm you saying you favoring the Clippers this is a good day for me, but <laughs> um, I have to go with... I would probably... I know we haven't said it. I'd probably lean towards Monty because 63 yeah. wins, what he's been able to do is That's incredible. True. But Ty Lue, obviously, he's been doing a great job for the talent. Yeah, he's had, but. I mean, I think they have a great core, great bench. You know, CP3, Mikhail Bridges, Aiton, Booker. CP3. JaVale McGee on the bench. Shamit, Cameron Johnson, Cameron Payne. I mean, just a great JaVel team. McGee, Bezmek Biambo. They, yeah. they added the, the, the weakness Solid of their roster. team. They, yep. they made those additions. And everybody yeah, got better, too. Yeah, so this is exactly where I expect them to be. I mean, I wouldn't say top, but yeah, like up here, to be honest. Top two. I'm going to have to say exceeded because, like, they've mm. become – I feel like they're a way better team than their last year. I know they made it to yeah. the finals last year, and I made that question, like, oh, if everybody was healthy, I don't think they would have been there. But they did make it. Yeah. And it's like they got 63 wins. They weren't, like – I feel like this talented where, like, you like you look at every team, and it feels like they're just superior to everybody, yeah. at least right now in the, in the regular season. Yeah, I agree. Like, nobody could beat them. They're so good. They have everything a team needs to win a championship. You got elite – Playmaker in CP3, one of the best passers to ever live. One of the best point guards yeah. to ever live. Um, MVP caliber player in Devin Booker, superstar talent. Mikhail Bridges got better, elite defender. DeAndre Ayton has gotten better. Um, Jay Crowder, elite 3 and D guy. Like, yeah. they just have the whole team. And then off the bench, they add their weakness. What was their weakness? Giannis cooked them in the in the playoffs. They struggle at the rim when, when a guy like Giannis was there. Yeah. DeAndre Ayton got into foul trouble, they would struggle, but Bringing in JaVel McGee, won multiple championships, elite shot blocker, bringing in Bismack Biango. And I think it was when they had the 10 day, like they signed him to a 10 day and then they signed him. And he, another center, they made those additions. Obviously, bring, I think they also got Shamit now, like elite shooting. They just got everything you need to win a championship. You know, good defense, great mm -hmm. shooting, everything. A great coach, of course, in my opinion, coach of the year. Like just, they got everything. This is a really good team. I know I'm not picking them to come out the West, but they're really talented. Yeah.
They really are. So yeah, that concludes episode 18 of the Straight Sports Podcast. You know, uh, thanks for tuning in for the support. And of course, our next episode, first round predictions. Going to be excited about that. Uh, yep. Playoffs are about to start. It's going to be crazy. Um, we're super excited. And yeah, um, everybody, you know, have a great day. And uh, Clippers tape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks for watching. Peace. Peace.